What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Kung Fu For You podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing situation recognition, awareness, and training. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit longer than our previous episodes because we have so much to discuss on this topic. Today, we actually have a special guest. Her name is Talitha Cormier, and she is in my brother's SRAT class. We call it SRAT as short for Situation Recognition, Awareness, and Training. We're going to cover victim versus target, the attacker mentality, reaction versus response with and without training, and how all that ties into situation recognition and awareness. So let's get into it. No, you're, you're East Texas. You're not Creole French. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, you speak literate. <laughs> you speak literate? That's good. <laughs> you speak literate. Don't worry, that'll get deleted out. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll see. We'll see if it gets edited out. So we're talking about situation, recognition, awareness, tra- awareness and training. Or, as you like to call it, SRAT. Because we didn't want to go SART because it almost rhymes with fart, right? <laughs> That's, well, what, that's what my wife said. That's what Justina said. Well, she's <laughs> making fun of Mr. Christian's program, if that's the case. So you might, might want to go tell her because he's the one that created Hey, I'll let her deal with all that. You know, I, <laughs> you know she was only a green belt and just a baby. She that's was true. the kung fu mascot. Yeah. His wife was the kung fu mascot when she was a kid. Okay. I think that shirt she, is still around here somewhere, too. Probably. Big, like, I think it was a big mantis on the back. Yeah, it's kind of perverted if you think about it. They got a good age difference, and when she was starting, he was already a teenager. Well, she was a teen. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. See, it was a long time ago. It's kind of creepy when you think about it. You know, it's like a five-year difference right now. It's different when you're older. <laughs> yeah, but when you're 12 and she's eight, I'm like, come on now. I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> no, we still give you a hard time. <laughs> still give you a hard time I about it. I do a little it. <laughs> So, um, on this one, uh, there's a difference, you said, in, in uh, a victim versus a target. Uh, so... Like, I would think a victim is someone who is, say, you know, obviously a victim and a target, they're, they're both, say, getting attacked or, or you know. Uh, but a victim is someone who kind of gives in, it would seem like. And a target, I mean, what's, what's what, what do you, what do you My, say the difference is? Okay, so victim versus target is not necessarily of somebody who gives in. Uh, victim dies. Victim gets hurt. Victim loses. Target is somebody that is targeted for a specific action. Oh, okay. okay. A victim okay. is not somebody who necessarily gives up. It's just the person that loses the situation. So I would have been a target. You were a target. I was a target in mine. Yes, you were not a victim. You were, yeah. with, with your with your situation, you were targeted for something. Who knows what? But uh, before we get into that, um, Talitha, why don't we introduce you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Talitha is one of my students. Uh, we've been doing training on and off for the last, what, six, seven years, mm-hmm. and then she finally started getting back into it when an actual situation occurred, which will lead into more of this topic. you want to kind of introduce yourself and go over kind of what happened on an overview? Yeah, I guess so. Um, let's see. Before I had kids, I was uh, taking hot keto class. That's where me and Jacob met and um, did that for a while and absolutely loved it and um, of course decided to have kids so I didn't know how I could continue my training and do that so I bailed for a little while and then uh, a year ago actually almost to the day wow it's been that long (laughs) wow yeah um, consistency 
I had dropped my my vehicle off at the tire shop uh, and walked the parking lot over to a little shopping center to do some shopping while I waited on the tires to get rotated. And I was on the phone talking to my sister and a guy pulls up in this dirty, brand new white Mustang and he asked me if I want to ride. And I told him, no, I'm good. And I kept walking and he circled back and came back down the other side of um, the parking lot and was waving at me. And I could tell in the look in his eyes that he wasn't really trying to be concerned. And it really, my heart's racing thinking about it. Yeah. Um, that he wasn't concerned necessarily about helping me. I, I could tell he had an agenda. And I hurried up into the store. And by that point, I was like, holy crap, that was a human trafficker. And so I was like, well, I can't go back out there now. What am I going to do? And so I shopped for candles for a while and found a couple I liked. And I was standing in the checkout line and there were women all around me. And I'm not one to be quiet. So I'm telling all the people around me, you know, about what just happened. And uh, the lady in front of me had a whole lot in her cart. And at Ross, they don't let you take the carts out. So she put it, she put all her stuff by the doorway and she's trying to figure out how to get the car to come and get it. And I'm like, you want me to, you know, watch your stuff for you? And she's like, that'd be great. So I helped her get her stuff in the car when she pulled over. And I noticed in the back seat that she had a couple of car seats so I could tell she was a safe person. And um, when we were getting ready to part ways and I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get across the parking lot, she's like, can I give you a ride back over there? And I was like, please. So I was able to safely get back over there. Um, I haven't seen that car or anything in that center ever since. But I immediately called Jacob like when I got home and I'm like, dude, what can we do? I have Friday afternoons. That's all I got. But I, I need I need to get back on my training. And so he got me in the class, the strat class, which I like to call don't get your ass stole class. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, she's nicknamed the don't get your ass stole class. Actually, my husband Brandon did that. Oh, I thought you but, did uh, it. You said Brandon, no. Brandon Brandon that? Brandon Brandon Brandon, Brandon branded that. Brandon yes. branded the class. Yes, I have to give him credit. If he hears this, he will not be happy. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll listen to it. Credit, credit is given where credit is due. That's for sure. But, tell, him, tell him he needs to come back because I'll roll around with him again some more. <laughs> he know. did enjoy that. We'll do some more stuff on the ground, working with him if he wants. <laughs> I say it's kind of it's kind of um, interesting how whenever somebody say gets attacked or feels like they're you know being targeted or in trouble, that makes them think like I need to do something. I need to get some training, you know. But somebody who never has it happen to him, like why do I need this stuff? There's exactly, no it's exactly. And it's and and people don't. It's exactly what you say. People don't think about it until it happens, mm -hmm. and usually it's too late at that point. Um, there was, okay, the Gary Green Realty team, the ones that we've gone yep. through the, uh, the dinner meetings and we've done the networking events with, which is really cool and all. We met a lot of good people. Um, the initial dinner meeting pre-COVID, I was passing out business cards and we were, we were passing out all information. Steven and I were talking to a bunch of folks out there, uh, realtors, uh, insurance guys, people that own car lots, people that own storage facilities, doctors, lawyers. Uh, former military, security trainers, everybody. 
And uh, there were several people out there that they were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll call you, we'll call you. And I did follow up emails and everything. And majority of those folks, all they wanted to do was just sell their business. It's like, I don't need insurance. I don't need legal advice. I'm here to provide situation recognition and training for you guys because you're the ones that are going into these homes with random people. You're the ones on these car lots selling vehicles to random people. And you know, if something happens, what are you gonna do? And they're like, oh, I'll call you, I'll call you. Nobody's ever done it. You know, I, 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 I received one feedback that it just stuck with me even today from one of the realtors. Uh, it was a young lady named Tanya. And she said, I'm just too busy right now. I'll get back with you later. I have too many houses to show. I'm like, well, you're going in there by yourself with random strangers and you're not but 110 soaking wet. I mean, situation recognition and stuff like that could definitely save your life. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. You don't have to do any physical training at all if you know what to pay attention for or pay attention to. And you just have to be aware. You have to pay attention to your surroundings and not do not do stupid things like, uh, uh, for example, walking in on your cell phone like that. Somebody's walking behind you. Mm -hmm. I, I have something for, for, that I train and I do, and you know, it's it's not really the smartest thing, but it's an idea. And what I do is when I'm going around, if I'm in the grocery store or something, or I'm in the uh, clothing center, or I'm in Walmart or whatever, <clears throat> if I'm in the parking lot, of course, I'm always surveying the area. But I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody, you know, just somebody random. And, I'm, and if I'm going that direction, it just makes it all the better. Uh, I just go that way and I see how close I can get to that person, whether I'm walking past them or wherever, before they notice I'm there. And usually I'm within about seven feet. Mm. So I'm within about one stride of a sprint before I can make an attack or before they even notice I'm there. Mm -hmm. And when they notice, they usually turn a blind eye. They're like, oh, it's just some random guy. Mm -hmm. They're not paying attention to the fact that I walked 50, 60 feet quicker than they did, and I caught up to them, and they weren't. But they also didn't know what you was doing. Crazy. No, the they don't know what I'm doing, and because I don't have an, I don't have necessarily an agenda. But that's the point. You don't know what somebody's going to do, so mm -hmm. you have to be aware of who's around you. You're not going to be consciously aware of everything. Mm -hmm. It just you just have too much stimulation, and you're, you'll go crazy trying to do that. Be overly paranoid. Mm -hmm. But you got to pay attention, like if. Uh, you, for example, Steve, if you were, you know, 50, 60 feet to my right, and I'd be then, through the wall. Well, if, no, <laughs> <laughs> you might be through the wall right now, but if you were 60, 50, 60 feet to my right in, like, say, an open area, and I look over here, and all of a sudden I look back, and you're, like, 10 feet from me, I'm going to wonder, why are you that close? Just want an autograph or something. Well, you can get it. You can get my John Hancock. That's fine. But, you know, if you think about it, like, okay. I went helmet diving on my honeymoon and uh, they, so with helmet diving, they take you down one at a time and they bring you down to this little like ballerina bar at the bottom, like 20 foot down. Yeah. And then they go up and they get the next person. Sure. Well, <clears throat> I was first one down and I happened to look over in about, I don't know, I can't gauge underwater, but I'd say maybe 15 feet, there was a puffer fish. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know what that's going to do to me if it gets threatened. And so I'm steadily looking back and looking forward, and I keep waiting for this fish to be, like, right up on me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I hadn't known it was there, like, there's no telling what would have happened. Sure. So, if you had agitated it, and all of a sudden it... Yeah. <laughs> I have heard that that poison is, like, 500 times more potent than cocaine and, and heroin and all that. You'll stuff. live yeah. from it. 
Well, that depends. But it's going to hurt. Thankfully, I was in the water, so if look, as long as you're not stepping on as long as you're not stepping on a rockfish, you'll probably live. Oh, well, a rockfish is like a it's like a very poisonous version of a pit viper that you're dead in 15 minutes. See, yeah. That's the venom. I wasn't looking for those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not at the bottom of the ocean. They're usually on rocky shores. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're surface level, but they still, they look like little rocks. <laughs> well, get back on topic. That's target. <laughs> that's target and victim. Victim of, victim of the rockfish. Victim we, of a We encourage fish. tangents. We encourage tangents. Tan- tangents are fine. <laughs> but no, victim, victim versus target. Again, if you're targeted, it can be for any reason. I could look at Steven and say, okay, he's an easy target because he's wearing glasses, so therefore he's got bad vision. He's not going to see me coming up behind him. Maybe he's wearing, okay, so he's barefoot right now. Maybe the uh, the cement's hot, so he's going to be kind of skipping on his feet, so he doesn't have his footing, and I'm going to go attack him and take his money. But what he doesn't know is I have petroleum jelly in my pocket that I can rub all over my skin so I can slip off really easily. That's all. <laughs> Because that's how quick you can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I got, I got a pump. <laughs> he's, got, I got he's, a pump. Got a, he's got a little pump. No, but, I mean, or target mentality. Okay, so, man. so that, 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 that's like me, me, me looking at him as a target. And then a victim would be if I get away with what I want to do to him. You know, whenever you steal his wallet or, or do harm to him or rob him or whatever, that's where the victim comes in. The victim is the person that got targeted and lost. That's how okay. I treat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I target it and it becomes my victim. Okay, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> but that brings us to the next to the next topic or the next portion of this is the attacker's mentality. Okay, you know the the questions are what is it and why is it important to understand specifically what is an attacker's mentality? It's how an attacker thinks, and it's really really important to put yourself in those situations to where you're thinking like an attacker. Against That's yourself. really hard for me to do. It's hard for a lot of people to do to think about how is somebody going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you don't want to think about it's it. It's almost like you have to think about how would you hurt somebody. Like what what could you do in this situation if you were? Yeah. Well, if you're looking so. at improvis- improvisation, improvise like improvise weapons or something like that. Yeah, definitely that, that it's easy to do. But if you're looking at it methodically planning out a kidnapping or methodically planning out a murder. I mean, that's kind of scary. It's, it's hard and, to and again, that. 90% of people aren't going to do that. There, there's a small percentage that they won't bat an eye or lose sleep over it, sure. Um, but you have to think about it, like in a security mindset, if you will. What could happen to me, potentially, if I'm in this particular situation? You know, it doesn't have to be a, a person that you know or, or think about. It'd just be like, okay, some random guy comes up and... Or a random girl comes up, how can they hurt me? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in a situation like you're going to the gas station and I'm at the pumps, a lot of things I do is I'll open my door and I'll keep my driver's side door open and I pull far enough forward where I can have the gas pump over here. So I have a door and the gas pump that they have to step over and they have something to get around and then here's the wall. Yeah, it kind of closes me up. It bottlenecks the area. Mm-hmm. But it also allows me ease of access to get into my vehicle, drive off, and or pull the gas pump and use it like a gun. And say, okay, go ahead, attack me. I'll spray you down with gas and set you on fire. You know? I mean, think about it. You, somebody's coming up to you at a gas pump. You tell them to back off and they want to be aggressive. You pull your gas pump out and aim it at them. I told you to back off. What do you think they're going to do? Right. They're going to back off because they don't want to get sprayed with gasoline. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay? 
So uh, th- th- that's kind of what I do as far as a safety precaution. And, it, and it's not much, but it's something that, hey, if, if I'm going to be attacked, they're going to have to get over the gas hose, for one, mm-hmm. or they're going to have to come through this opening by the door and this concrete barrier for two. Mm-hmm. Plus, all my other doors are locked, so they're not going to be able to steal my stuff by opening my door randomly. Mm-hmm. You know, h- how are they going to get me? So it just prevents, it's just, it's a, just a... Uh, uh, it's preventative uh, maintenance. It's just preventative maintenance. <laughs> it's just a deterrent, really. That and, and your attitude and how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself, is also a deterrent. If you walk around with your eyes to the floor the whole time, you're a target. You're an easy target at that because you're not paying attention. Versus if you walk around with confidence and your head's on a swivel, it doesn't have to be paranoid, but you're paying attention to what's around. Or uh, like I've told you before, to lie that if I see you seeing me see you, mm-hmm. you know I'm there and I know that you know that I know you're there. It's confusing. That sounds really confusing, but <laughs> think about it. You know that I know that you know. <laughs> exactly. I know that you know that I know you know that you're there. <laughs> but if you think about it, if if you are understanding and you are aware that I am aware of your presence and I know you're there and I kind of gauge on what you look like and what you're wearing, you're going to less likely going to be wanting to mess with me because I know what you look like. Okay. And then I'm paying attention. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe he's paying attention or whatever. You know, it's like a meth head. You know, you look and see, you know what a meth head looks like when you see a meth head. But do they know what you look like? No, but you're always consciously aware where that motherfucker is. Okay? Because you don't want him to mess with you or her to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay? That's where you keep your head on a swivel and, and uh, uh, situation awareness and on that portion would come in. Well, but, then, that, but, that, then, but then getting back, getting back to the attacker's mentality, put yourself in their shoes. What could you do based on what you're wearing? Just use it as an example. Based on what you're wearing, what would you do to attack yourself? Do you, are you wearing a ponytail? Are you wearing loose clothing? Are you wearing uh, heavy clothing? Or do you have uh, a purse on you? Are you carrying a bunch well, of I, groceries? I'd say the first thing I always consider... Are you wearing sandals versus flip-flops? Or heels. Well, for me, or heels, yeah. the first thing I always consider is I just automatically assume they have a knife or a gun. That, always. That's an automatic assumption for me. Oh, I always I always, always monitor and always keep check of where the opponent's hands are. Because you never know what's going to be pulled out. Whether it's a knife or gun or whatever. Or something I'm seeing. We don't want that. Either way. Yeah. You don't want to get beat by a, a whatever, a billy billy club or, or whatever it may be. You know? You always keep you always keep uh, check on that. But that's during that's during any situation that you're actually in the altercation. I never want to lose sight of where your hands are. And if I do, I want to make sure I'm going in or I'm getting the help away at far enough distance. Uh, so yeah, that's putting yourself in a little attacker mentality, victim versus target. And then, and then goes into the next one, reaction and, and response. Uh, and there is a difference of people rea- people's reaction and people's response with and without training. Um, the biggest thing that happens is adrenaline dumps. Like if you get surprised, it's boom! You know, ah! Okay, you get an adrenaline dump going mm-hmm. and you get this fight, flight, and freeze panic mode because all of your chemicals are starting to go haywire, your heart rate increases, you start to get tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of sucks. It's like when my it, wife asked me where I've been all night. Like, exactly. School. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's a school. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter even though you're even though you're right, you know, your heart starts pumping. Yeah. 
You know, you start getting cold sweats. It's that situation you, you awareness. Get, okay, what would, what would she think I'm doing? You know, let me think. All right, all right, what can I possibly be doing right now? What did I do <laughs> that I don't know that I did that pissed her off? <laughs> like that, that, that time in, in her dream that, that I was doing something bad. and uh, Oh, that's right. Off. You cheated on her in her dream, so you have to apologize. That's yeah, bullshit, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I heard a comedian talking about that recently, too. It's like, oh, it's not just me. So if you have the insecurities, <laughs> bye. I ain't, got, I ain't got time for you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what the question would be, what is a person's reaction versus response for somebody who has training versus somebody who doesn't? And what happens during an adrenaline dump? Well, when you're training with me, Talia, or you've actually, I know you've trained with Steven on occasion, or Steven, when you're training and stuff, what do you feel during an adrenaline dump? When you get to that, that panic mode and that adrenaline is rushing through your body, what do you feel? Um, shaky. I uh, feel my heart pounding. And I can't breathe. You can't breathe? I, I gasp <clears throat> in immediately. And then... Then what? You know. I mean, you also start. I feel like you also start to think sometimes. Like, okay, what do I do in my head? Sometimes it just. It really depends on you know who I who I see attacking me too. If it's somebody I don't know, and something's happening, like I see a situation escalating. Versus like someone, one of our students, like say Rodolfo is uh, you know coming out with a knife. And I'm like, oh okay, all right. But it's so it's a little easier to manage when you when you in a controlled situation. Yeah, it's easier situation. to manage. Sure. But you still get that adrenaline dump, and yeah, yeah, you get that sometimes a little shakiness, um, and like, okay, am I Am I defending myself properly? Am I, de- you know, you start kind of questioning yourself. Think about it all happens accident. in like that split second too. Think about a car accident. You know, think about yeah. getting in a car accident. Whether or not it's your fault, you get out of that vehicle and your whole body is shaking, and you can't hold anything. Your heart's pumping. That's an adrenaline dump with a panic mode. But natural even, panic. Even right before that, you see like you're looking somewhere else. You look at, uh, you know, uh, if say you're looking at your phone, unfortunately, or if you're just looking at the sign and you turn your head back and all of a sudden all the cars are stopped in front of you. You're like. Do you freeze up or do you relax and, you know, control your braking and all that? Because in that, in that situation, I'm so used to it. I, I stay calm in the car. Not saying a car accident per se, but um, but some people, they're like, they slam on the brakes or they, you know, do something that gets their car out of control just because they see everything just stop in front of them, almost like getting hit in the face. Yeah, so that's a, yeah. that freeze. They freeze. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about it is, is anybody I've talked to this cl- about this class to... Uh, they're like, well, that's why I have a gun. But you gotta get to it first. Yeah. But the thing is, is when you go through those adrenaline dumps, like the last thing I'm thinking about is grabbing my gun. I'm not thinking about my gun. I'm thinking about, holy shit, what am I gonna do? That's what I'm thinking about. And yeah, and how bad does your aim get, or your control with the gun get, whenever you have that adrenaline dump and you're shaking? And just because you mm-hmm. have a gun and you go to the range every month or whatever, do you train? Target shooting, or do you train active shooters? Yeah, do you right. train uh, combative shooting? Do you train responsive shooting? Do you train well, all kinds of different ways of utilizing your firearm under duress? Or have simply you, pulling it out of your purse. Yeah, have you, have you ever <laughs> shot somebody before? Too? That's what I was like, I'm about to shoot another human being. Uh-huh. I'm about to take yeah. somebody so else's, t- yeah, potentially take somebody, somebody else's life. Am I willing to, can I sleep at night? All in that yeah. split second and you're like, you know. That. Yeah, I mean, look at look at, look at at the police officers, their, their, their shooter response drills. When they, it's the shooter, shooter don't shoot drills. You have about a split second to make that decision. Are you willing to make that split second decision? Mm-hmm. And if not, don't carry a gun because, as me as an attacker, if I know you have it, I'm going to use it against you mm-hmm. in any which way possible that I can get to it. 
Same thing with a knife. I carry knives and guns all the time. I've got them on me now. But I train with them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I train responsiveness and, and responsibility, of course. But I train how to access my weapons. I train what to do if I lose my weapon, if somebody's going after my weapon. I train retention drills. I train draw techniques. I, I, all of it. And if you don't consistently train something, if you just say, oh, I have a knife, I have a gun, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's just a paperweight at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you don't know how to get to it, you don't know how to access it, and you're having to fight that adrenaline dump or your body's in a panic, all of that happening in three seconds or less, I'm on top of you. Mm -hmm. right. For example, uh, there is a knife, there, there, there's the knife rule, they call it the 21-foot rule. Okay. Basically, if I have my knife out before you can draw your gun and shoot me, I can get up and stab you or cut you within 21 feet. If I'm 21 feet away from you, before you can draw your firearm, I will be on top of you with a knife and like cutting you or stabbing you or whatever. You know, there's, there's drills you can train to change elevation and take off the angles and things. But, but the, the general rule of thumb is if, if you're here and I'm here and this is 21 feet, I can get to you before you can pull your gun out and shoot me. And if you have Sephiroth's sword, ooh, well, it doesn't, doesn't matter what it is, but uh, I can still I can get you. At eight <laughs> That's feet. a long sword. I can get you at eight feet then, but it's it, it still if I can get to you at twenty-one feet. Twenty-one feet is not really far. Our ring at the school is eighteen feet across. Oh wow! So eighteen feet by eighteen feet. So if I go nineteen, if I do like uh, not even one stride backwards, that's about twenty-one feet roughly, and I can run across there before you can pull the gun out and shoot me. Well, some people you shoot once and they still don't go down. So well, exactly. But what happens if you miss the shot? That too. Okay. Mm -hmm. But either way, that's the 21-foot rule. And there's a lot of things you can do to uh, fix it necessarily. Not, well, not necessarily fix it, but, but change the outcome by, again, changing elevation, redirecting angles and stuff. But for you to specifically draw your firearm and use it against me at 21 feet, if my knife's already out, it's too late. And the thing is, if you don't know I'm coming at you, because if, if you already see the knife, you know, I've messed up because I've shown it to you, mm -hmm. or you've messed up because you let me too close. But if you don't see it and you don't know I'm going to do anything, and I just walk up, take it out, stick you, that's it. Mm -hmm. Knives are meant to be felt, not seen. I've been taught that throughout my years of training. If you're showing the person your knife, you messed up because you've now shown them that you have a weapon. I feel like that's good relationship advice, too. What? <laughs> well, you said, I'm trying not to get dirty. <laughs> That's good relationship advice, too. It's meant to be felt, not to be seen. <laughs> yeah, so, but, 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 but sometimes you just like the window shot, man, and I'm sorry, but it's nice to look. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but It's yeah. a double standard, that's all. <laughs> it's a double standard. No, definitely, like I said, if you're drawing a knife, if you're, if you're drawing a firearm, you know, if, if I have to pull my knife out, if I'm pulling my knife out in self-defense, I am prepared to use it. If you pull your knife out, you better be prepared to use it. If you pull your gun out, you better be prepared to use it. But again, if you have that adrenaline dump, you need to be able to get to it first. So, I mean, training versus not training, I always tell people, train. Train your ass off because you may never use it in your lifetime, mm -hmm. but one day you might need it. Even if, you, even if you go your whole life and you die of old age and grandfather, grandmother, and you've lived a wonderful life, you're still a badass because you were able to train and potentially avoid a lot of lethal situations that you might not have been aware of prior to training. 
You know, I, I could I could I can go back to the whole parking lot scenario. You go to Walmart parking lot, you walk around, you see a family of five or ten, or you see one random guy walking around, a bunch of cars everywhere. There are so many blind spots. There are so many accesses to weaponry. Uh, there are so many potential danger areas that you could be in within just a parking lot. I mean, imagine if it's a crowded mall. Imagine if it's a flea market. Imagine if it's someplace that you've never been and you never frequent and that you don't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than training, there's not really a safe way to do it. Exactly. It's because you only have one life, and if you mess up, you know, you're either permanently injured or you're dead. So, yeah. you know, it could be a number of things. Situ- it goes back to situation awareness, situation recognition, okay, and your reaction and your response. Now, the difference of reaction and response, a, a reaction is what your body does. A reaction is what, what you do. Like when we're training to lie this, some of the stuff that we work on is knife defense. Some of the stuff we worked on like uh, last couple of weeks is when I'm giving you and I'm feeding an attack to you, whether it's punching and kicking, your reaction is what you do initially. And mm-hmm. then your response is trying to find those openings to uh, either strike or, or do, uh, let's say, arm bars or, or takedowns or work with your weapons and things like that. How do you feel the difference between reaction and, re- uh, and reaction prior to training compared to a year ago? Or, or with training now compared to a year ago, how does your reaction and your response differ? Actually, I think it's progressed tremendously. I mean, you'd have to be the judge of that. But uh... <laughs> Well, I've told you it's progressed, but you, you don't seem to see it sometimes. Because I'm the only one training you. Right. <clears throat> That's why we need more people. Well, I definitely can feel my footwork. Like, that was one of my biggest things. Like, if you're going to stand flat-footed when something happens, you know, or squared off with somebody, your your lack of balance and movement is, is awful. So, yeah, definitely there. And I have noticed that I, as I, you know, go about my day, things might come at me or something and say a co-worker bumps into me and I... I automatically like just set up a defensive posture because like where did that come from? What's going on? And then, you know, I can relax. That's that. why you close yeah, it. I just automatically more. set up a defensive posture. <laughs> well, that's because you're the baby brother. But, yeah, y'all are brothers. Well, I got a question for you too. Is like uh, whenever you're doing, say, weapons defense versus just hand-to-hand defense, do you find yourself just naturally like having to react faster to a knife coming at you versus a fist? Um... Like you say, if we're working slowly, I notice this on myself too. And like when I pull out, when I'm working yeah. at the aluminum if, knives with him, he, his reactions, his his knee jerk reactions. Well, not when even I just pull the knife out. Yeah, not even just are that. Faster. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're doing slow motion sparring and we're just no weapons, it's mm-hmm. easy to stay slow. But as soon as that knife comes at you, you know you get cut. So you tend to, I t- at least I tend to move a lot faster on the first initial strike, or you know going in and same with some of our students but they just whatever it's a weapon it just seems to change things I, i'm definitely dodging more when mm-hmm. the knives are coming at me because like yeah you you'll you don't want to get cut i feel like the adrenaline dump through the training is a lot stronger when the knives are you know in the training sequence versus the the punches and the kicking um it's punching and kicking will always be there yeah yeah, and, and you're you kind of have a better okay. chance of surviving from that or getting up from a punch or a kick versus a knife stabbing yeah. you or a gun shooting you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Treat it like hot lava. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, basically, don't get touched. Don't get cut by it. Mm -hmm. And even even running slow, and some of the drills we do is start off slow and then goes up to a little bit of medium speed, and then you know comes up with a little bit of faster motion. Your your reaction is always going to be knee jerk until you learn how to control it mm -hmm. and gauge what your opponent's doing. Never react. You never want to react uh, sporadically, but your reaction should be targeted. Mm -hmm. to a specific task because if you react sporadically then your whole body just goes every which way and you might get cut or mm -hmm. hit whereas you react targetedly like any time that i f like flinch to try to strike you for example and your immediate reaction is to attack me regardless of what it may be your your reaction is to go forward and to attack and to shut me down then your response to that reaction then what comes next Mm -hmm. Is your follow-ups. Mm -hmm. You know, my response to a, a, an adrenaline dump, I go, oh, what do I do? Okay, that's my reaction. <laughs> then I go, well, okay, now where's my response to that reaction? Or if my reaction would be, you know, Stephen wants to hit me with Chuck Norris, I'm probably going to die because it's Chuck Norris. But <laughs> no, matter what, no matter how you get hit with anything with Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris related, Chuck, Chuck it's Norris always related. called a roundhouse kick. So it's called a Chuck Norris roundhouse kick. Yeah, it's Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris roundhouse kick memorabilia right there. It's called Sea Force. It's in a water bottle. <laughs> but anyways, no, if Stephen was going to attack me, maybe maybe a initial reaction would be to move back, move forward, move side, or or even just hold my ground and, and posture myself to be ready for that attack, then my response would be, okay, here's the attack, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of tricks can I pull out of my sleeve or how do I manipulate the situation where I can get out of there and go home to my family? Well, to mm -hmm. add to that, I don't know if this is something for later or maybe this goes to what we talked about, but you also mentioned not getting tunnel vision. So somebody has a knife, they're trying to cut you, but they also have a fist. Yeah, well, the tunnel vision is... Tunnel vision's on the weapon. Yeah. You know, yeah, for I, both parties. Yeah. 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 I pull, I pull, let's say, like, the glass right here is, is non-threatening, but as soon as I break the glass and now I have this and I'm coming at you with this, there, there's with this sharp object, sharp object uh -huh. you get the tunnel vision like, oh, shit, they're going to stab me with this sharp object. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what to do. I'm going to freeze. Oh, please help me. Or if you don't say mm -hmm. freeze to that, you're still focus on that and that's all you think to defend against and you don't think you might have some other weapon or you know something else mm -hmm. and vice versa i have a knife i have a gun that's all i have because that's all i'm thinking about when i actually in reality have other stuff i can do too that and that goes back to what you were saying earlier of people saying oh well, I, that's why i have a gun okay well let's say you pull your mm -hmm. gun out what else do you have besides your gun I mean, what if they grab your hand that has the gun? Then what are you going to do? We're going to pull the hand with the gun? I mean, then I you're fighting them holding you instead of using your legs and your other arm that's free. Or your head. Is, and you don't think about that, that if you don't have the training. Mm -hmm. Training versus not training under adrenaline dumps, there's a huge difference on response. And, and, it, and it goes to prove it all the time when, even with our regular students, that we do sparring. Because we can teach all the techniques in the world, all the kicks, all the punches, and we get, work the bags and everything. Then you put the gloves on and go after it. All that goes out the window. They're like, I don't know what to do because of the adrenaline dump because uh -huh. they've never been put in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's consistency and repetition over and over and over. So you can get used to that, mm -hmm. that adrenaline and you can get used to that aggression coming at you regardless of who it might be from. Mm -hmm. And that would be... That would be uh, you know, reaction versus response, you know, with, without training. Uh, and then there's what we talked about kind of in the beginning, but we can really 
discuss a little bit farther now is situation recognition and situation awareness. They sound like the same thing, but they're really not. In your opinion, what are y'all's opinions about what is situation recognition and what is situation awareness? Well, recognition to me, I mean, I recognize something is happening or something is going to happen. Situation awareness, I realize, okay, there's a, a, a back alley over there. It's, it's dark, whatever. Um, I know if I go down there, there's, you know, I, I could be in danger uh, if somebody attacks me. There's cars going down the street at you know 45 miles an hour. If I go in the street, I could be in trouble. I get hit by a car. To me, that's more like awareness. Recognition is to me when you see something is happening, uh, and like say somebody's being assaulted over there. Okay, there's a situation that, that to me that's like situation recognition. Situation awareness is before the situation actually happens, but it's what could happen. I don't know if that's. No, it, it makes sense. What about you? I want to steal his answer. You're going to steal his answer? <laughs> Ditto. Uh-huh. I, I second that, Stephen. I third it, too. The situation, <laughs> and, and for me, situation awareness is, is, as you said, paying attention to what's actually around you. And situation recognition is recognizing something's about to happen, either A, before it does, or recognize the situation as it's occurring and know what you can do to get away from that situation, whether it's pulling, you know, getting your friends to safety, your family to safety, or yourself to safety. Mm. You, know, you don't have to jump into the fray of things just because something pops off. You know, uh, the goal at the end of the day on this is, again, is to go home. You yeah. Know, this right. isn't, the, what we do is not sparring. What we do is not necessarily a traditional martial arts. It is, you know, real world application. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty, but it has to be functional. Mm-hmm. And 90% of it is mental. I mean, we can do all the physical stuff in the world, and you could be the most badass person on the planet. But even a UFC fighter is going to get his ass kicked if he gets jumped in a back alley by six people. Mm-hmm. Not that he won't put up a fight, and those guys won't get hurt. Not saying that. <laughs> but the training is different. Mm-hmm. The, training, and, and all the that, training is one-on-one. All your training goes out the window if somebody comes up behind you, hits you in the back of the head with a paddle or a baseball bat or something. Exactly. That's situation awareness and recognition. Situation recognition for me when it comes to people is I recognize people are there. I recognize potential threats. I recognize people could potentially have weapons and I recognize what maybe they're wearing. Are they, are, are they overweight? Are they, are they skinny? Uh, I, the awareness part is what are they doing? Mm. You know, what are they doing? Are they, are they grocery shopping and are they following me down every aisle? Or it's like McDonald's, situation awareness. I realize there's stuff in there that's going to last forever if you make it, not necessarily going to be healthy. I'm going to walk in there, I'm going to smell the beautiful french fries that they make, and I'm going to be like, oh, that's great, that could hurt me. And then situation recognition is after I eat the burger and the fries and I start having stomach aches. And, and then you I, recognize I, you messed I, up. Yeah, I, that's situation recognition. You recognize yeah. after the fact that if, you messed up. If you want to relate it to food, you know. Then you become a victim. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, because you're targeted by McDonald's propaganda. Yes, I willingly. That's when I willingly become the victim. Uh, I haven't had McDonald's in so long. It sounds like it. But the fries are so good. I still like the fries. Oh, man, I have not thought about that. That was cool. You're targeted by McDonald's propaganda. You're a victim to its food. You're aware that it tastes good, but you recognize it's a bad idea. That it gives you diabetes in the long run, right? You recognize it's a bad idea. And then your reaction and your response, you get a little adrenaline dump. It's like, oh, it's so good. And then your response is, oh, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. What oh, do no. I do? <laughs> oh, no. That fits, fits perfectly. Yeah. I haven't had McDonald's food in 
years. <laughs> Sometimes you got to relate certain things to, uh, yeah, I don't understand that. Well, let me talk about it in food terms. <laughs> hey, it works. Some people might recognize food more so than martial arts. Some people, you know, recognize concepts of fishing and hunting more so than they do with anything else. So, I mean, whatever you can do to relate it to you. Great way to teach. Well, just like me, you know, I, we get the knives out. I want to throw up every time because you're explaining to me what it's going to do to somebody. But if I can think of that it, that could be on your weapon, a... though. You throw up on it. <laughs> oh, gross! Full right, Joe. Could work though. Um, but if I can recognize it as if I was skinning a deer, because you know my background is in hunting, uh, it's you... a little easier for me to take. Yeah, she can skin a deer, no problem. Skinning a person's a little different. Oh, yeah. yeah. They tend to scream. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, only, first, only right? until you cut the vocal cord. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, and really, you don't even need that. You just need a little bit on the larynx. It's, they, only, it's, it's a PG-13 rated show, so it's okay. And then they go, oh. No. Okay, now it's rated R. <laughs> it's not rated R. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing shown. Jacob, I didn't bring my uh, nausea medicine no. for the show. <laughs> That's okay. Just aim it that way. Oh, gross. <laughs> Steve, oh, i got to protect my shit in here. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll, I'll take he'll it. protect his DVDs. <laughs> That's some good quality. Actually, Blu-ray. Oh, Blu-ray. There's some DVDs over there. There's some good quality stuff over there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anything that you want to cover in particular on conversations today, Talitha? Anything that you had questions on when you were driving over? Because I know you said that when you were coming over here, you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. I mean, on on this like situation recognition, <laughs> awareness training stuff, you know, everything that's going on in, in, the, in life Today it's all over the media, and you can recognize it. I mean, there was there was a uh, I read an article today, and I, I saw the video. Of, there was two protesters. One that was a I think it, there were two white guys that were protesting somewhere, but uh, one guy was supposedly with the Patriot Brothers or whatever, and he had mace, and he maced a security guard, and the security guard pulled his gun out while the guy was macing him and killed him. Oh my god! And then uh, then the police were immediately on scene. The riot police. And the guy, you know, put his gun down, gave up, got arrested. Um, they don't, they didn't release any names or anything like that. But the guy that got shot died, died at the hospital. Mm. But you know, there's just things that are happening nowadays. Is what recognize what's going on? And there, supposedly, what happened was uh, I have to read more articles, but there was no heated argument. Mm. There, there was no nothing like ah, screw you this, screw you that. There was nothing heated about it. And all of a sudden, they separated after having words. And the guy pulled the can of orange, pepper spray orange, the big old can of mace orange. Yeah. And as he was spraying the orange, the other guy's pulling the gun and unloaded. He just shot once. Because he didn't know what he had. He didn't know what he had. Wow. Potentially. Sad part is it, it doesn't matter who's wrong or right, but everything's got consequences. Look, I'm sorry, but... Everything it, has consequences. It, it, my, and this is just my opinion and my, my thoughts and how I train. If... You know, I, I, I agree with protesting. You know, I definitely say protest protest your heart out. Do it the right way. But don't assault people. Okay? Because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because there's always one crazy bitch out there that's going to go overboard. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go off the deep end and they're going to hurt somebody. Whether it's you or the person behind you. you well, know? and you don't know what background they come from. Exactly. I mean, they were abused as a child. and Exactly. Yeah, and again, it, it doesn't matter what's wrong or right. It's, everything has consequences. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and something that I was also uh, uh, grown up and I've learned, uh, in, especially in training, is 
you know the old saying, never bring a knife to a gunfight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's talking about not just escalation of force, but it's, uh, there's, there's a term for it where I increase the, 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 the level, uh, or what is that? What is that terminology? Uh, like if you have a bare fist and you, and then all of a sudden I pull a knife out, I've increased the amount of danger there is. So you get an equalizer out. An equalizer shouldn't be a knife. It should be a one step above, which would be a firearm. Mm -hmm. You know, an well, it's like Bugs Bunny did. You know, well, it's an equalizer. What it is? <laughs> got, it's an equalizer the, to the situation. The shotgun. Then you got the machine gun. Then you got the cannon. And then you well, got whatever. The... <laughs> but it's an equalizer to the situation. Is what I'm talking about. If I, if you and I are doing some bare knuckle brawling, we're about on even ground. If you pull a knife and I pull a knife, you know, we're still about on even ground. Although it's dangerous, but all of a sudden, you know, one of us pulls a firearm and the other guy still has a knife. That firearm goes a lot faster and a lot has a lot more uh, freedom seeds in there than uh, <laughs> than a knife. You know, they they do. They really do. I want to go buy some but, freedom seeds at the store. <laughs> you got any freedom seeds? <laughs> but seriously, if you're getting attacked and somebody somebody brandishes a knife and you pull out your firearm and, and you're able to deter them from attacking you, hey, you did great without having to shoot the person. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but again you have to get to it and then if you if they brandish a knife and you have to defend yourself open handed until you can get that knife either disarmed or put them on the ground and then pull your gun, then pull your knife to use as an equalizer, that's another situation. Those are the gray areas because there's never black and white with this stuff. Right. There is never a self-defense scenario that is 100% foolproof. There's always two sides to every story. A third side if you count the edge of the coin. Okay. The underlying yeah. events. Oh, now we're getting philosophical. Philosophical? Yeah. <laughs> a little philosophical. philosophical. No, it, I'm, philosophical. I'm serious. <laughs> if, 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 like, Talitha and I were getting an altercation... You know, what led up to it? You know, what could have potentially de-escalated it? Uh, what went wrong to where weapons had to be drawn? You know, why, why is it that mentally I have to pull out... I feel that I have to pull out my weapon to make a point. Mm -hmm. And then if I pull out my weapon to make a point, then all of a sudden you start panicking, and now I'm panicking because you're panicking, and my adrenaline's dumping, and I squeeze off a couple... What's going to happen? So I get it because I get to pull out my finger to make a point. Just make a point. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, where did my finger go? Right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, like the old, the old Kung Fu bullet block, it's like this because you shoot it, bounces off the thumb, rolls back. Yeah, that's you. a good one, right? Or the whole bullet curving like that one movie where you just swing your arm or something. And I forget the name of that. That was such a stupid movie. <laughs> that was such a stupid movie. Oh, my God. People think it's real, too. I bet you there's people out there that think it's real. <laughs> all, all I know is I remember uh, was it uh, um, uh, I don't know what the movie's called uh, but uh, the guys they, they trade places like trading places but it's uh, Orlando Bloom and uh, Eddie Griffin and then uh, one of them has a gun and is like uh, what's it Orlando Jones that's it he takes the gun apart not Orlando, Orlando Jones but he takes the gun apart he's like oh I got a gun but I can throw the bullet at you <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good one that was a little comic relief <laughs> See, where you go towards the um, protesting, my mind with this stuff always goes to being a woman is um, human trafficking. I mean, you know, it's it's getting heavier and heavier. They're, they're still in our kids. It's, it's yeah. bad. And, you know, that day that I was targeted, I honestly, 
I was wearing what rain boots, flannel pants, you know, just a long john shirt. The bun, ultimate deterrence. Bun hair, no makeup. Like I was not trying to attract attention at all. And in the female mindset, a lot of females think that if they're dressed, you know, just a certain way, that yeah, they might attract attention. Um, now, depending, uh, there there is a little catch twenty two. Now, there there are times when people dress up because they do want the attention, you know, whether it's provocatively, or business, or you know, just a little bit fancy. Mm-hmm. Sure, because you want to be noticed by not all these other people out here, but you want to be noticed by the person that you're going with. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's understandable. But you're right. It doesn't matter what you wear. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. All I know is if you're wearing high heels, that means you can't run as fast as me. Mm-hmm. If you're wearing flats, you know, that means you don't have any necessary support. You might slip out of them very easily because they're not laced. So they're not tied to your feet. If you're wearing uh, sweatpants or uh, an oversized hoodie or something, now I've got something I can use as a handle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or it's ease of access. Let's say even for a rape. You know, mm-hmm. if you're wearing a mini skirt or anything that is ease of access, and I pull you to a back alley, I mean, there you go. I've got ease of access to that. Um, even even denim jeans. You know, I have to. You have to unbutton the jeans. You have to fight with a lot of zippers. You know, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> but you get anything that you can pull your knife out and just cut off real quick. It's very easy to do. And these are the things of going back to thinking like the attacker. What would I do? I mean, we teach the kids all the time at the school, like situation awareness and recognition. We do a lot of self-defense and things like that. Uh, even, you know, Hernandez is doing the stranger danger classes right now. Okay. You know, we're talking about, you know, we, we have them, we have them saying, saying that, or he has them saying rather that, uh, you know, that's not my parent, you know, fire, fire, because nobody, nobody assists. When somebody says help, when somebody says rape, Nobody wants any part of that. Mm-hmm. But you say fire, people love seeing stuff burn. Mm-hmm. And it draws attention. People love it. It's the classic fire thing. It really is. Everyone knows it. Everybody that's ever trained, and even police will tell you, they know it. Uh, bad guys know it. Mm-hmm. You know. But even though I tell you this, and there's patrons that are listening to this right now, half of you won't pay attention to what I'm actually saying. And... When somebody yells fire, you're gonna go look for a fire. Right. You're not gonna go look well, for somebody. You're, like, you're not gonna go look for somebody that needs help. But because you like, want to see something burn. You see the fire. It's like he's probably full of crap. But you know what? If there's a fire, it'd be kind of cool to go see it. Exactly. Okay, that's exactly right. That's my point. You know, mm-hmm. people that aren't training and just listening to this stuff. You know, no offense to anybody, but if you don't train, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You've never been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Even working in security for as long as I did. I mean, it's five and a half years. doesn't seem like much, but when you're on the front lines of a lot of things, it's a long time and it changes you mentally. Mm-hmm. And you see it and you see somebody saying, oh, help, help, help. Everybody turns a blind eye except the guy running into the fire. Mm-hmm. But you hear fire. Everybody's coming to see. <laughs> right. Ever. They're like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, hey, what are you doing? Now you've drawn attention to yourself. I don't wonder. Wouldn't fight work too? Fight! No. There's a fight! This is not high school. Oh, okay. People don't care about that fight. People don't. They hear fire. They want to see a fire. If, if they see two people getting into a fight, they're like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and record it and say world star. Mm-hmm. Bunch of bullshit is what that is. Yeah. You know? And people, people that are recording are just as liable for the people that are actually in the fight. 
you know, they should get jail time too, or at least get fined. You know, if you're not getting in there and trying to break up something, because that, that's somebody's life. Yeah, that's somebody's life right there, potentially. And remember, the winner of a fight is the one that chooses when the fight's over. Mm-hmm. You can be asleep and I can still be punching you, but see, I, I was the winner, so I'm going to determine and decide when I get to stop punching you. So, again, situation awareness, situation recognition, training. Training is key, key to this stuff. What about you? Any situations, Stephen, that you want to talk about and things like that where you can see the victim versus target or things that you've happened potentially over the years or anything? I can think of one situation. Uh, this was more recent in my life. I want to say, I don't want to say recent, but it's like, you know, five six years ago no yeah, more recent, than that recent enough no but uh it's uh anybody ever been in a situation where you're you're driving in your car and something happens on the road you piss somebody off or vice versa and they start following you or whatever and they try to get you to pull over and whatnot i know that's happened to more than just you know, happened to me but, but there was a situation where i don't know i just having a bad morning and uh i wanted i didn't want to wait for anybody so i tried to get around this guy that was next to me uh and then he started speed up next to me so i was like Okay, I'm going to speed up some more. And then I, and I cut him off. So something I shouldn't have done it. But he ended up getting a little too pissed off. And uh, he started coming around. And we were at an intersection. Uh, I don't remember what street it was. But um, it was over like off of I-10, 610 area. And it was on the uh, one of the side road, side streets. Um, but he goes and tr- blocks me off from being able to pull around. He gets out of his car. And I'm like, right, is that first thing I thought? This guy probably has a gun. So he was just a little short, you know, guy, a short white guy, whatever. I don't a little know. Napoleon. No, he looked, he looked like he was, you know, like an older guy, probably in his forties, fifties. And uh, I was like, he he wanted me to like get out of the car and whatnot. So I'm like, I'm not getting out of the car. So eventually he gets back in his car. It's like, is, uh, we, I guess he wanted to, you know, he wanted to fight or something or talk. I don't know. But I was like, almost like he wanted me to go somewhere with him. So so we basically point us out. We'll go over that way. Uh, so when we cross the street, there's a little, uh, not really a parking lot, but a place you can just, you know, kind of pull in because it's just so like uh, dirt, whatever. So we start crossing. He pulls in there, and I drive off because I'm not gonna be f- stupid and go over there and you know possibly get you shot. Did, you or... did the whole Bruce Lee fighting without fighting and yeah, put the I guy mean, on the boat and put him on the island thing. It's not. It's <laughs> not like it's high school or, or middle school where you know you go fight somebody, you probably you get hurt, whatever. You can you probably you know get in the hospital, but. I mean, I wasn't going to take a chance of getting killed or, you know, getting in trouble with the cops coming, getting arrested. I, there was no reason to deal with all that. I could just drive off and not worry about it. And let just let him continue being pissed off because it's not my problem at that point. If you yeah, and by that it. time, he's got to fight through traffic to get to you again anyways, and that yeah. just makes him more pissed so off. So it's just, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the trouble. It's not worth losing your life over something stupid like that. So, so. let's analyze that situation. That's... Okay, so situation awareness... You had none. You were pissed off. You were trying to go to work. You had a call, whatever. You were doing stupid shit on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then, all of a sudden, your adrenaline a little bit hits, and the oh, guy's yeah. out of the car, and you're like, oh, crap. Now what? Now you're recognizing something messed up. Then you're realizing what happened. And then you recognize, okay, there's a potential danger here. Now, situation awareness. Oh, there's an open area over there. We could potentially stop at And also, you're aware that there's a road that keeps on going, and you're just putting your cards on the table, hoping he's going to turn in there, which he's stupid enough he does, and you just take off. So that's situation awareness, situation recognition awareness. And guess what? Your training kicked in. He didn't do anything stupid by getting out of the car yeah, and going and to fight it. In that situation, I mean, there was a way out. So there's always okay. There is always a way out of a situation, regardless of what people want to say. There is always a way out. 
And you know, the biggest thing is don't get there in the first place. Mm-hmm. There's always a way out. I, I've talked about this before. If a person invites you to go to a party and you know that there are people that are going to be there that are potentially a danger to you, why go? Just because you enjoy these people over here, why go? Now, you have to make that decision. Are you going to go? And are you prepared for the consequences that may happen if you go? Because I'm facing that situation right now, personally. Or are you not going to go and say, you know what? I'm all right. You know, I can hang out with you guys later. You know, whoever's over here, they can do what they're going to do. And you can just avoid the situation altogether. Okay. I am at that point right now, personally, with an ex-friend that they're getting married and I was invited to go to the stag party. And so I have a choice. Go hang out, wish him well, which I already wished him well. I wasn't actually invited by him anyways. But go hang out, wish him well, go about my business after that so I can hang out with two or three people that I haven't seen in about six years, which we're, you know, we stay connected, we're friends and everything. Or not go, still be able to hang out with these other guys and let bygones be bygones with stuff that happened in the past and not not have to worry about it. Mm. That's the situation I'm in. Now, I know that if I go, it can be great or it can turn into a shit show. But I can choose to not go and, you know, still enjoy my time and not be bothered by it. And I still won't lose sleep over it. So it, it, it's, it's a choice that I have to make, and it's coming up here in two weeks. So we'll see what happens, and who knows? I might have another story in about yeah. three. <laughs> and you got to think, too, taking a risk in certain situations is not the same. But, but the yeah. thing is, this is not necessarily taking a risk. I, well, I mean, it is, is and it isn't, because but, the thing is, I know, I know what's there, and I also know who is there. But so going back these to are the gray areas. even with that story, go back to mine. It's like I know that if I decide to go and follow that guy into that little lot or whatever, and get out and maybe fight him or whatever, or or get killed or you know something bad happening, regardless of the outcome, that would not have like that advanced not... or progressed my life in any way that's positive necessarily. Yeah, that would not, it's not like, exactly. It's not like getting the chance to move to a new state and you know work a, a, a job that pays a lot more. Or there's no opportunity it's, there. It's not to, progressive yes, for you. It does. It's not. It's it's not the same thing. So it's, you know, why put yourself in there if it's not going to do any good if, for you? If I need to go over here as a quick tangent before I can go up here, why do I need to go down here when this doesn't lead anywhere yeah. else? And if you want to fight, you want to test yourself. Just get in the ring. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sign the way with that the way guy. I mean, he obviously was not thinking on the right scale either like he has no idea who you are yeah i mean there's a lot of people you just you don't know you just you the problem is people let their emotions take over and it's a bad situation i mean that's happened to me several times i'm sure it's happened to you it's happened to you steve you know where your emotions take over and you do a lot of stupid things that you regret doing immediately after you do it and and then you just have to live with the consequences but and then you start thinking logically of and, and you don't do it again next time you, something else happens that's similar, but you don't do it again next time. Yeah. You don't do the same thing twice is what I'm saying. You don't make the same mistake twice because yeah. you learn from it. There are people out there that don't learn from it. So they don't recognize what's going on. They're not aware of what's going on or they don't care what's going on. Mm-hmm. But they'll complain about it later. But they'll complain about it later and they'll mm-hmm. want everybody in their mama's help. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's not right. 
You know, and then and then it goes back to victim mentality and mm-hmm. target mentality. If I know I screw up and I do something wrong and I am very apologetic for it, sincerely apologetic, and I ask for help so that way I don't repeat it twice, that's one thing. But if I screw up and I constantly am habitual with it and do it over and over and over and then cry wolf and ask for help, no, I'm playing a victim. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the victim mentality. I'm playing, oh, poor pitiful me. I can't do anything for me. I'm so dependent on everybody else. I need help. I'm targeting myself to be that. You know, rather than being progressive and not doing the stupid things twice. You know, and learning from it and, and going above and beyond and, and going to the next mountain, going to the next plateau, climbing higher in my life every single time. You know, so it's, it is, that's it's victim versus target on yourself. I mean, it's the same thing that applies in everyday situations. You go to class every day, for example. I go to class sometimes, I'm like, man, I don't want to be here because I'm physically tired, I'm mentally drained. But then I start teaching and I get to work with these kids and I get to work with these adults and I'm like, I love it every single time. So my, I'm not going to play the victim of, oh, I don't want to go, so I'm going to stay home. No, because then I'm targeting myself for failure. Well, it's even better when you go there and you're like, oh, let's say stressed out or you got a whole bunch on your mind. Then all of a sudden the class is over and you had forgotten about all that stuff. Like, oh. That's exactly oh, right. That's exactly that's right. That's feeling. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times that I'm mentally drained from work and I go work out and it's just so euphoric. And I get to leave the school with a clear head. And I'm not even talking being a business owner. I'm just talking about being able to go work out. Being a business owner is just a perk that requires me to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't always want to go teach. I really don't. But when I get there, I know the benefit of it. And I know what it physically does for me. But personally, I know what it does for everyone else that is learning from me. And I'm not going to let that person down. I might be tired. I might be sore. I might be beat up. But if I can teach you and you can learn something, then... I've accomplished my goal. Well, and not only that, for me, personally, it is an anger outlet. I can get it out once a week and, you know, yeah. it not come out sideways. Yeah, <laughs> and, and for those of you that aren't aware, it does hurt. I, yeah. do take the, I do take the brunt of her physical abuse. You know, I could claim victim for that, but I'm targeting myself for it because I agreed to it. Like and I recognize the situation, and I'm aware of what can go then, on. Uh, look, it's a premise of what we're talking about. Sometimes you leave with a clear head. Sometimes you leave with a bruised head. You know? yeah, <laughs> or, or not on your head. Brandon or, loves knowing that he's paying for me to beat you up on a weekly basis. Well, he, 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 step he right up and fight my wife. Step right up and like fight my wife. Didn't he say something similar yeah, that, that, that was, time? That was Peter Griffin, right? So. No, he, Brandon actually said something similar to that one time. He's like, yeah, step right up and fight my wife. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I ain't, I ain't worried about you. I ain't scared of you, but uh, I'm, I'm here to lie. She floats like a butterfly yeah. and stings like when I pee. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's Peter, like an STD. That's what Peter Griffin said, right? <laughs> that's a little bit of gonorrhea. A little snuffleupagus there. Yeah, when you tell him to come to class, he goes, why am I coming to class? I pay him to... To take the beaten. I'm not taking the beaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I forget. I think it was when you first started years ago, and Brandon would keep messing with you, messing with you, and all of a sudden you actually started learning better, and you started getting good at what you were doing, and he stopped messing with you? Yeah. Yeah. That was... He said it started hurting? Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to stop training. No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. No. It, it was more like, oh, it actually works. Ooh. Ow! This hurts! Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we we got to wrestling on the couch, and I put him in a backwards uh, chokehold headlock, and he started turning purple, and I, I let go, and yeah, we we calmed down after that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little owl. But then, but he can get me too, you know. Well, he's, sure. He's a big guy, so. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. six foot four, six five. He's six five. Six five. Yeah. And, you know, he was talking about the whole vehicle thing. And I'm like, he used to drive a Mini Cooper. Yeah, except Ooh. there's a lot of space in the Mini Cooper. He still wasn't like a Mazda Miata. No, I mean, <laughs> his, the seat was all the way back. I actually got in the Cooper one time. I didn't ride with him, but I was like, how can you fit? He's like, look, check it out. And I got in, and I was like, there was huge space in the Cooper. I was like, wow, I but, will take know, that back what I said. It's like, actually pretty cool. He used to dart in between traffic and stuff. I'm like, you are going to be somebody's bad day one day because they're going to think you're some little guy getting out of this Mini Cooper, and you're not. <laughs> you know, like, that guy has no clue what's out there. <laughs> I, remember, I remember getting in an altercation one time um wasn't really a physical altercation but i did scare the shit out of the guy and um basically i was called out to go to their house and talk and so i'm walking and i was i I had enough of this dude i really did so i'm walking down there from my place i have my camo shorts on steel-toed shoes a wife beater and a pit bull and I'm not that tall of a guy. You brought the dog. I brought the dog. <laughs> and he walked outside and he basically said, fuck this and walked back inside. He's like, that's a big motherfucker. And, and this dude was like six foot four, okay. six three. And he was like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. He's like, he actually, mean, he actually means business. I'm like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You know? So he went back inside. You know, And then I left and... Didn't hear about it again. Find out the dog had no teeth. No, no, no it was <laughs> Sam. He was cute. It was Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Sam had some teeth. Sam had some teeth. And Sam was, at the time, she was about 65 pounds of solid muscle. Yeah, all you got to do is teach Sam. And, and that's a piece of furniture. Yeah, she, was, she, tear she, that up. she was She was definitely my baby. But when it came to somebody who was bad, she got that guttural growl and she didn't like him. Mm. And I told her, and she she listened on command too. I trained her that good. She listened on command, and I could take the leash off and tell her to sit and wait. Mm-hmm. And I can go 50, 60 feet away, and I go, come. And then she'll come right up to me. I like to call you her know. Slammy. 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 <laughs> yeah, I remember. She was alive. She was, she was a great dog. She really was. See, and that's something else, you know, you can add to your your weapon stash i mean if you can get your dog trained to the point where you can basically take them on you know they command. have these the uh you know the support animals yeah emotional on, support animals yeah you train them on command to do certain things now there's an emotional support animal and then there's an emotional support rat which is usually the little pugs and the and the uh the chihuahuas the ones stuff. that think oh, they're the biggest no. I, I call them punters because usually they go about 30 feet when i kick them <laughs> I had one of those come up to me a long time ago. There was a there was a neighbor that we had that had a little chihuahua, and this neighbor kept irritating us over and over and over. And this dog kept running up and trying to attack us on our lawn. And mm-hmm. I told the neighbor, I said, "Look, y'all better control your dog, cause next time it comes up, you ain't gonna like it." And I threatened them. They're like, "Oh, you're not gonna do anything." The next time it came up and came running at me, I kicked it as hard as I could, and it landed in the other driveway. Oh my god! You know, so it's about 35 feet for the yard. And they're like, why do you kick my dog? I said, oh, you want me to kick you next? I said, train your dog to stay off my lawn. 
I said, I'm not playing with your little ass puncher. I said, I'm not doing it. Your I was, comes I was, to my house I was probably, my dog. <laughs> now age-wise, I, I was probably in my early 20s. I was, I was working in TDC at the time. I, w I was working in the prison at the time, so I didn't give a crap. I really didn't. It was a little ankle biter trying to bite my ankles all the time, and I just got tired of it. And I kicked the crap out of it and never came back. And those neighbors, they, they left their rental house, and they moved out pretty quick after that. Mm. You know, it is what it is. But again, I recognized the situation and, and I was aware of what was going on. And uh, my response to that was, you know, quit biting me. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of pissed off. And then, or my reaction was quit biting me. My response was, I, I, I warned you once and I'm not going to warn you a second time. And, and, you know, that's a situation that occurred a long time ago in early 20s. And, and I did it. You know, I don't regret it either. I didn't lose sleep over it. I heard there was a football scout there. He almost got a, you know, honorary kicking position for the Texans for that. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's terrible. <laughs> that's a, Lord, I apologize for that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> don't don't that. insult me like that. I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> I'm not a Texans fan. I'm a Packers fan. Oh my goodness. So I've always been a Packers fan since Brett Favre. <laughs> Favre, Favre. No, since since Favre and, and you know Reggie Bush and all them came out. That, that, that's when I was I was Packers fan diehard at that point. But uh, anyways, be that as it may. <laughs> We, had, we enjoy going off on tangents, yeah. yeah tangents but, but if okay. you look at the, the tangents that we're going off of, relate back to what we're talking about mm -hmm. in circumstance. You know, it doesn't have to be, everything we talk about doesn't have to be specifically, oh, this is the bad situation that's happening. Let's talk about how we can mitigate that. I mean, sometimes it's just everyday life. Mm -hmm. Situation recognition, awareness, and training comes in everyday life. When you get up in the morning and you wake up, you got to go to the bathroom. You know, how do you get there? <laughs> With your eyes closed. Yeah, no, seriously, how do you get there? Are, are there boots on the floor that you're going to stub your toe on? Is there a door hinge that keeps finding your little foot? Is there uh, lights on a certain part of the wall? Did you miss and hit the toilet seat? Well, it's not my story to tell, but or is there a snake in the toilet, a giant chicken snake? Regardless, regardless of what it is, story, long story, regardless of what it is, you're doing the same stuff that you're training in everyday life. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you, with, with your kids especially, you can't child-proof everything. You let them learn. That stove is hot. No, it's not. I don't. Are you going to do that again? Hey, that's no, how no. I learned about car cigarette lighters being hot, except it took me twice to learn that, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it took little, me two tries. You were a little dense. It's all good. <laughs> you know, seriously, it, it, it's like a little hot stove scenario. If you tell your kid or you tell an adult, hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. It's going to hurt. They're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then they mess with it, and they touch it, and they burn them. I look at them. You gonna do that again? Nope. They learned. They recognized what happened. Now they're aware it's a danger, and they know they're not gonna do it again. You know, same thing as if you're playing at the park and doing your parkour stuff, jumping from bench to bench. You know, I was hanging out. I was parkour, hanging out. parkour. Well, I was hanging out with the kids one time, and I'm just sitting down at the park and I'm watching them play. I'm like, and I told, I told the boy, I said, stop doing that. You're gonna get hurt. Oh, I'll be fine. Jumps from one bench. Foot slips off the edge of the other, smashes on the bench, hits the ground. All these parents are like, oh my God, what are you going to do? Like, Shut up. Uh, he got up. I'm like, are you going to do that again? No. I was like, okay then, you've learned. Now come over here, let me check for a concussion. <laughs> and he was and he was fine. He was fine. And he didn't do it again. He's like, uh, he had an adrenaline dump. His body was shaking a little bit because of what happened. I was like, mm -hmm. but he was fine. And all the parents are like, oh, that's bad parenting. I said, like, no, that's called learned parenting. He'll learn not to do that shit again. I said, you might want to watch your little scrappy do over there, and they're all doing stupid crap with each other. I'm like, instead of saying, no, 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 Johnny, don't do it, let them do it. They're going to learn one way or another. 
Because you can't tell somebody no because it just incentivizes that person more to do it. Now, for example, don't push that button. Whatever you do, don't push that button. Guess what? I'm going to push that button. <laughs> because now I'm incentivized and I'm curious to see what's going to happen if I push that button. Hey, curiosity. It's just... Okay. It goes back to what we're talking about. You know, If I incentivize you to do something, maybe you're going to be a victim. Maybe I've targeted you to push that button subliminally. What are you going to do? Are you going to push the button? You don't know. You don't know I certainly button. would like to push the button. You'd certainly <laughs> like to push the button, wouldn't you? You know, uh, don't drink the water. Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris will poison. I've already been drinking the water. Okay, so the thing is, don't, don't, don't drink it. It's poison. What are we gonna do? You or gonna what, what if he peed in it? Yeah. Oh. Is it Maybe cool? that's. Well, yeah. Probably get all the, all the toxins out. It's pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. If I tell you don't drink that, it's poison. You're gonna know not to drink that because it's poison. You know, if I say, hey, don't drink that; it's bad for you. You're not gonna know if it's poison or not. I just tell you not to drink it. Don't touch it; it's bad for you. You might not drink it, but I say, hey, just don't drink that; leave it alone. Well, why not? Well, because I said not to. Well, why not? Give me a reason. Because I said no. That doesn't work. Now you're gonna have to call poison control because your kid drank Drano or whatever. Mm. You know, it looked like... Well, that you really don't want to get them to drink. Yeah, well, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, though. You understand You understand the context of what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and that's, that applies to situation recognition, awareness, and training. I mean, look at with you, Brandon, and the kids on everyday life. Mm-hmm. How many dangerous things do your kids do on a daily basis? Talking back, right? That's one. Well, besides, <laughs> besides the smart mouth, besides the smart mouth and, and, and not doing homework and being hangry... Besides the general stuff, think about it. Yeah, I know. I mean, you tell them, watch for snakes in the yard. We've been known to have copperheads and coral snakes in our yard. Uh-huh. You know. What do I do? I'm just playing around, not paying attention. Yeah. Okay, Mommy. And they take off. They don't look. Uh, going across the street, look for cars. They're, their head's down or it's straight ahead at what they want to go to. They never look side to side. Well, I understand they're four and six, but... Even still, you can train a four and six year old to look both ways. No, you yeah, know? I know, I know. It's it's crazy, and 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 the thing is, they don't they don't understand. And a lot of people, when it comes to situation recognition, awareness, and training, is you just really don't understand until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to emphasize this over and over and over. Any type of training that you can get, be it from a legitimate person who's actually teaching you, is beneficial. You get with a McDojo, you need to recognize that quick and be aware that's bad for you and leave. Or how about just, you know, thinking going to a standard, like, kickboxing class is going to save you? Going to a kickboxing class is going to save you from having a heart attack because it'll help you get healthy. It'll help you learn a few things. Now, is it an aerobics kickboxing class? Is it an actual Muay Thai kickboxing class? Mm -hmm. Do they put the gloves on you? Do they have people coming at you to hit you? Do they work with the pads to where you're actually paying attention and you know that if you have to hit somebody, you can do it? Great. Mm -hmm. But are you situationally aware? Right. Are you recognizing what's going on before you have to get to that point? Mm-hmm. Just because you walk around like a badass doesn't mean you are. Mm-hmm. Just because you walk around with your head on a swivel doesn't mean you can't get stole. Right. You know? Right. It, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how it works because, again, you cannot be 100% aware of everything that's going on. You can't. You know? I don't know if somebody's going to bust through the room over here uh, like Justina goes, surprise! Uh, you know, I don't know if she's going to do that. 
Okay, because in my understanding, she's grading papers and doing homework for the kids and everything like that. But at any point, she could come in here or somebody random could come in here and it could be a bad day for us. Or it can just be, hey, what's going on? So what do I need to do if somebody starts to, to come in? Do I push my chair back into the person and wind up falling on the ground? and Or, or do I go, hey, what do you want? Or whatever. You know, what, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. And then you wonder if you've trained me enough to help you while your butt's on the floor. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I have. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so, too. <laughs> I would hope so, because like I said, any training that you get, and, and I'm not trying to call myself legit or anything. I really am not. I don't, I don't go around boasting what I can do, but if you're really training for specific reasoning and you get good at it, you should be able to recognize and be aware and be able to react and respond accordingly to what's happening. Mm -hmm. Regardless if it's getting up in the morning with your eyes half caked with little eye boogers having to go to the bathroom, apart from going and walking out from your front door to your car, from that 15 feet of your front door to your car, or in my case, we're in an apartment, you know, about 300 or about 200 yards going downstairs to my car, you know, any time during that, something can pop off. But are you prepared for it? Are you aware of it? Do you recognize something can happen? You know, do you have particular tools on you? There's a lot of things you can think of and a lot of things you can do just to pay attention. And that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't want to be paranoid, but you definitely want to be understanding and aware. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever know, you know, keeping your head on a swivel, how many like attacks have you deterred exactly like you may have a, I may have had 20 confidence there's a difference between attitude and cockiness attitude and confidence mm-hmm. you know you don't want to be cocky but you want to be confident you don't want to pop off with an attitude but you want to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. yeah, you know walking around with confidence and you know being aware and, and keeping your head up and like hey what's going on oh hey man you're not really showing any kind of fear necessarily you don't need to mm-hmm. you know instead of walking around being all paranoid like oh what are you gonna do oh what are you gonna do oh who is that it's almost like asking for something that way well it's just In like sense. at work well for me it is i mean if you walk around and you're all timid and scared i might approach you like hey are you all right are you and i mm-hmm. now i comfort you but what's my agenda right you have no idea what my agenda is but i'm like oh hey I see, are you all right? I mean, is everything all right? Looks like, I can stay right here. Are you being bothered? Is something bothering you? And now I get to play your friend, and now you start letting those walls down a little bit, and now, boom. If I'm the attacker, now I got you. If I'm not the attacker, I might just be a good Samaritan, and I've just helped thwart off somebody. That's mm-hmm. one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. There's so many scenarios you can you can go based on on that. Well, just like for me, uh, what was it? You're saying at work. Last week at work, um... I was leaving and I noticed that there were police officers, two of them, you know, in the parking lot. But they weren't just in their normal attire. They had, like, vests on over their uniform. And so I'm looking around thinking, what, what's what's actually going on? Because, you know, that's extra protection. Yeah. Why are they wearing their extra protection? Luckily, I was unable to see anything, you know, that made me want to go back in the building but at the same time, you know, if I was not paying attention and there actually was something happening, like, I could have gotten caught in the middle of something. So Potentially. Mm-hmm. 
So you recognize that when you walked out, you're aware of something may or may not have gone on. So you, your reaction is, okay, here it is. And a little adrenaline dump. Your response, leave. Self-defense mm-hmm. in a nutshell. <laughs> Never had to lay your hands on any of them. Self-defense, not self-offense, right? <laughs> yes, not self-offense. That's called that's called that's called. Yourself. Mm, let me go ask the cop what's going on. <laughs> mm, that's that that might just make you get in the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if uh, I have I have thought on that, if, if if somebody wanted me to know what was going on, if it was really important, they'll let me know. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I just see two officers out there. Studded out with their vests and everything. Yeah, I'm situationally aware. I pay attention to see are they going after somebody? Are their are weapons drawn? Are they on the radio? Are they talking with each other uh, comfortably? Or are they looking around and are they surveying the area for something? I mean, I, I look at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if it's important, and I think it might be important, maybe something did happen, I can go up and go, hey, officers, I have something to tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can talk to them about it. If I don't have anything, I can go about my business. You know, I'm not going to be one of those guys that's like, what are you going to do? Stupid people with the camera phones and stuff. It's like uh, getting in front of people. And there's training, 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 training. I cannot emphasize it enough. Train, train, train. And learn. Constantly learn. Because the bad guys are always training. The bad guys are always learning. And if you're not keeping up with them, you're going to get caught behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything hardcore. Uh, such as active shooter training. It doesn't have to be anything such as military training. It doesn't have to be anything uh, as far as doing any specific martial art. It could be as simple as learning to pay attention and do it on a consistent basis with everything that you do. So that way, even if you're caught off guard, you can respond to that adrenaline dump a lot quicker than if you're not paying attention and all of a sudden somebody scares you. Mm -hmm. Like one of the maids at work. Yeah, one of the cleaning ladies that comes in at work. Sometimes I got to stay till seven, you know, on occasion. Oh, we were doing it mandatory for a while. And she was always on the phone with her headpiece in. So she had her hands free. She was always on the phone talking with her mom or her husband. And, you know, she'll say, hi. And I'll be like, hi. You know, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'll do my paper. I'll do, be doing paperwork or whatever. And I have to get up and go drop my dishes off in the kitchen or I'm eating some coffee or something. And I can't tell you how many times that her head's down or she's doing something, she's not paying attention, and you know, I'm walking here, she comes around and goes, ah! and just, <laughs> just scared out of her mind because I was sitting at my desk and now I'm here. Uh-huh. And my desk is like 30 feet from the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. You know, 40, actually about 50 feet from the kitchen. Yeah. But I got up and I'm just casually walking because I need to go get some coffee or something. and that's happened consistently or or or, uh you know i opened the door like i had to uh go out to the lobby to go clean up some of the interview rooms and go uh get paperwork or whatever you know she'd walked in and shut the door and then i walk in behind her and "Ah!" it's it's crazy it's crazy because she's not paying attention and and you would think after a while you'd pay attention to that kind of stuff it's Mm -hmm. like you're aware of who else is in there with you but no, it's just blah, 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 on the phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, pay attention. Like, if you want to, uh, we, we tell people all the time, like uh, the kids, especially kids and people and ladies and guys who, who do jogging and stuff, mm-hmm. don't put your headphones in. If yeah. you want to listen to music, wear one headphone. 
-hmm. Sure. If you want to listen to music, maybe get those uh, the, the headphones that I have are the, the vibrating ones that they do the music on the uh, skull. The bone conductors. The bone conductors, yes. okay? Because the bone conductors, your ears are still open so you can still hear things. You can still semi-pay attention to what's going on. I mean, I wear them when I'm running around the neighborhood, but I'm looking around me all the time. Oh, I don't care if I'm running around the neighborhood that I think is safe or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, because something could happen. It could be the safest neighborhood in the world and somebody could run a stop sign, and if I don't hear it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care how safe it is. I'm, I'd still one headphone in. The only time I'll plug my ears is if I'm on maybe a treadmill and there's no one else around. Mm-hmm. But in then, I've got the bone conductors on or I'm, or I'm doing weightlifting or something. I've always got my ears open so I can hear what other people are talking about and I can see and look and see if somebody's coming up behind me or whatever. I mean, going to a gym, you could do that all the time and be situationally aware. And if not, maybe the weight crushes you or somebody else. You have to be go, getting over there quick to help them out. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yep. What about you when you go to the gym? I haven't been in the gym in a while because I don't want around me. <laughs> okay. Well, even, no. when, even when you're working no, out. No, I stopped because I'm like, I don't feel like I need the headphones in at the gym. So, I mean, I, did, I used to, I, and then I would just play music. Well, let me ask this. Case. When you're working with the weapons, let's say the Quan Dao or something, and hypothetically you're playing with it in the front yard. I do that sometimes. Who's watching? Hopefully everybody. <laughs> no, but yeah. Seriously. <laughs> who's watching? Are the neighbors watching? Do they think you're up to no good? These are, these are, these are questions I would ask. You know, I used to uh, take my targets and my, uh, my my archery targets in the front yard because I had more room, put it up by a tree, and start plugging away arrows in the front yard. And I had neighborhood kids come up, and, you know, we all shoot the targets and stuff. And, you know, parents are like, don't do that. Yeah, the Johnny's going to That's a little different when you're talking about projectiles. But... It, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's in a safe area, and it's on my property, right? Yeah. So it's not doing anything illegal. But who's watching? Who's aware? Are you aware of what you're doing? You know, are you being safe with what you're doing? Uh, are you taking the chandao, for example, and are you hitting as hard as you can? All of a sudden, you miss and you crack your concrete and you crack your. Oh no, I'm very careful. You know what I mean? But yeah, I know. What you but mean. and then all of a sudden, somebody sees that and go, "Oh, he's damaging property. Oh, he's he's violent. Oh, call the cops. He has a big sword." Mm-hmm. I've had that problem so far, but yeah. Look at the laws nowadays. Legally, I can walk around with a sword as long as it's sheathed. I can go into Walmart. It's not like it's illegal, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to get questioned about it. Why are you walking around with a sword? Because mm-hmm. it's legal. Yeah, well, leave. Now, <laughs> now the business can tell you to leave. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, and if you don't leave, now you're trespassing. Mm-hmm. That's all that kind of stuff. There's some politics and politics involved, and it's crazy. A politics? <laughs> well, I've always been under the understanding of don't show your hand. Poker. And, yeah. Like, don't... You don't want to let people know necessarily what you can do. You want the element of surprise on your side. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I don't advocate walking around, unless you're trying to advertise. Mm-hmm. And, like, for example, if I get my Under Armour and it has our school's logo or something and I go to a gym, I'm advertising because I want people to come up and say, hey, what's this? Mm-hmm. And then I can talk to them and gain students. But if you're walking around with a tap-out shirt on and you watch UFC and think you know how to fight, you're going to get your ass whipped. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. No hands. No. No doubt about it. Somebody is going to be bigger and stronger than you and faster than you, and they're going to whip your ass. But doesn't tap you know? out mean I can beat black ups? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking. About I know the, what you're talking. I'm talking about the mentality of I'm going to wear this advertisement and I'm going to walk around like a Billy badass and no one's going to mess with me. No, you're advertising it, and people are going to mess with you eventually. You know, you might just be walking around with it because you enjoy the attire. Sure. That's one thing, but if you're walking around with an agenda, and and believe me, you know if you're walking around with an agenda. You could say you're not, but you know for sure if you really are or if you aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, like I want someone to mess with me. Like, yeah, there, yeah, there, there, there are times when you know people will dress up because they want people to mess with them. I dress in a way that people don't want to mess with me. You know, I mean. Think about it. You you see a, a a biker with freaking rings on every finger and chains hanging all over the place, and you know he gets all disgruntled. I mean, you're gonna really want to mess with that guy? No. But you see, you know, me walking around with uh, plain khaki cargo shorts with a belt and my polo shirt tucked into it. You'll never see me do that, but guarantee you, you're gonna probably <laughs> mess with me faster than if I had my bike gear on. <laughs> I was trying to visualize that. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot. I got to awesome. have the moccasins, too. I got to have the dad bod and the moccasins, too. Is it? Yeah. You know. The spirits. Huh? The spirits. The spirits. Yeah, the spirits. <laughs> but you'll, you'll be more inclined to mess with me because I am less intimidating. Okay? As a guy, I'm less intimidating in that type of attire. But, uh, you know, I walk around the gear that I'm at now. You know, what do you want? It's like, what are you doing here? It's like, you're ugly. I say, like, yeah, I know I'm ugly. Yeah. Don't mess with me. You'll catch the ugliness. It's contagious. It's contagious. Cooties. Yeah, you get my cooties. Cooties. Or my COVID cooties, anyways. <laughs> oh, right now, if you notice, we're all sitting down, so we're ducking COVID. We're ducking. Oh, that's right. Because it's over our heads. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it just works right. like that. I just, yeah, hate, I just hate the way the restaurants <laughs> are doing things. It's like you have to wear a mask when you, until you sit down. It's like the COVID is just over your head. It's just so stupid. You know, I have my views of it. I have yeah. my political views of it. And Nothing's perfect. Some of the rules don't make sense. but Nothing's perfect, but the thing is I like eating in certain areas, so I'll abide by their rules as long as their rules are in place because it's the company policies. It's not the people that are actually running yeah. it. You know, So I'm not mad at the people so much as the politics. That's basically what it is. Uh, so then I cast my vote, I cast my ballot, and hope it goes away. I do it the right way. I don't do it the wrong way. Because I'm aware of what would happen if I did it the wrong way. Yeah, like those guys in and Michigan. And I recognize right? it might be a bad situation. It's like those guys in Michigan. They got arrested for plotting against the... Oh, my God. Plotting against the governor? Yeah. yeah. Supposedly plotting to kidnap the governor in Michigan. And there were like seven to ten people that got arrested for it. It's like, well, one, if you're plotting to do something stupid like that, don't publicize it. Okay. That's the that's the one. If you're wanting to do something, well, don't give any ideas. Don't right. publicize it. It doesn't matter. I don't care. People know this. This is general <laughs> common knowledge. It's not like I'm going to get a knock on the door. FBI, FBI. Hey, come on in, dude. Okay, you got a warrant? No, bye. Look, I'll comply with any law enforcement agency as best I possibly can. But if it goes against my constitutional rights, you and I are going to have a problem. That's basically what that comes down to. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, but in all honesty, if you're going to do something, don't publicize it. Everything is going to be on camera. There's a tracking for everything that you do. Don't publicize it if you plan on doing something. 
you know, regardless of what it may be. But if you're wanting to advertise, advertise away. If you plan on doing something, hey, publicize it. Our seminars. I want my seminars to be public knowledge so that way people can come out and they can learn something. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to go commit a felony, I damn sure ain't going to go post it all over Facebook. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I'm just going to go do it. Right. You know, I'm going to plot it, plan it, and I'm going to go do it. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it because I'm less likely going to get caught. I mean, I'm not going to get caught. I'm less likely because it's not public knowledge. Yeah, but a lot of people post that stuff because they because want validation. They want validation also and to because recruit people. They're, they're yeah. recruiting people, and also yeah. it's they're stupid. They are just stupid. Look at all the to catch a predator type stuff. You know, look at some of these Congress and congressional guys that you know got caught by these catch a predator websites, and then you know things that happen. You know, they're all little freaking pedos and stuff. But all, all of that situation recognition. And if you go online and you're chatting up somebody that you have no idea who the hell they are, mm -hmm. you know, what are you going to do with that information? What is, if you're, let's say you're a kid and you're chatting with somebody that says they're a kid, what are you going to do with that information? Oh, they're just being friendly. No, they're not. Mm -mm. You know, I, I've been playing chess for years, for example, and I would get on, oh, I recently reopened an account on chess.com, but, you know, I, I would play on a bunch of Yahoo games. I'd play on a bunch of chess leagues before, and there are some people I knew that they were. I knew that they were adults talking to me, mm -hmm. but I was aware because I was taught that those aren't kids necessarily that are talking to you. There may be, and that's when I started learning grammar, language, how people write certain things. Look at the uh, Nigerian prince emails as example. I'm okay. still waiting on my money from that. Yeah. <laughs> the Nigerian prince emails a scam to get you to send money to a specific account so they can pull all your money out of the account and make you go bankrupt and then they go to the next victim oh. because they target people. Oh, wow. And I say next victim because you were a victim at that point. Yeah. You know, and then they go target people. It's a scam. It's a financial scam. Okay. There, there's so many scams that go on for trafficking and on online social media. You know, for example, TikTok. Look at TikTok. 90 percent of what's on TikTok is softcore porn. And it sucks. It well, really 100 percent of what's on TikTok belongs to China, apparently. <laughs> Whatever it is, it uh. sucks. The thing is, it sucks. I mean, like, uh, I'm sorry, but if, if you are, you know, do what you want, but, you know, if you go on, if you go on a video and say, oh, poor pitiful me, and this is kind of a tangent, I am looking for the love of my life. I am advertising. I'm doing this. What's going on? How come I can't find a good man? How come I can't find a good woman? And then I go to your profile and I click your link tree and I see OnlyFans. Well, that's your fucking problem. You got an OnlyFans page. You got all your sexy pictures out there for the whole world and their mama to see. I don't want nothing to do with you. Mm -mm. Because if you don't have any self-respect for yourself on that, why am I going to go help you get out of what you're doing? Mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to do that? Now, I don't have time you for that mess. And this, goes, and this is also situation recognition and stuff like that. You recognize that there's a bunch of stuff on there, and you can, you can see it. You, you can go on TikTok right now and see there's, there's a bunch of stupid things that go on. You know, there, there's funny videos, and there's food videos, and martial arts, all that stuff. But there, there are certain things out there that are just plain up trafficking they're just plain up uh victimization there there's plain up uh, 
what is what is the term? Um, uh, there's a term that the people grooming. Grooming, yeah. Oh, grooming yeah. yeah, there's there's straight up grooming. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of that stuff that goes on on social media, and and you know, so oh, you make uh, you make a thousand dollars a month on your OnlyFans page, and you're posting pictures of your ass everywhere. Why do I want to get into a personal relationship with you? And you're say, oh, why can't I find a good guy? Well, maybe because you're showing your ass everywhere to everybody for money. You know, I mean, it's legalized porn. You can do what you want to do with it and, you know, go do you. But I don't want a part of that. You right. Know? So I, what I do is I try to avoid it as best I possibly can. You know, and I, I post a positive video. I post stuff for the martial arts. I post for our community and I want to bring people in that want to better themselves and better their character. And also they learn self-defense at the same time. It's kind of a win-win situation on that. You know, I don't want to go post something and go, oh, look at me. Let me show you what I can do. Just pay me $5 a month and then I'll show you some more. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's not right. It's not cool. And there are so many young women out there, and they have to be at least 18, that that's exactly what they're doing. They have their little OnlyFans accounts, and it's having to just do it on their own and they don't have to go through an agency such as what the porn industry is in California and they get money for it but they don't know any better because the thing is if, if well, it's too easy me being an employer as example me being an employer one thing I look at is social media that's one thing I, I will look at I will look at your social media if you have a social media account I will find it and I will look at the type of person that you are that I'm going to hire Mm-hmm. And if I'm hiring you to do an administrative position, as example, let's just say it was a clerical secretary, and I see that you have you know, not so clean stuff on your social media, that's going to deter me from offering you a position. Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing that, why do I want to bring that element into my company? Yeah. Why do I want to send that type of an element to my client? Knowing the potential of what could happen in lawsuits. Situation awareness and recognition. That's exactly. Well, I mean. think about it, Stephen. If you were posting naked pictures of yourself all over the internet. Oh, there'd be a ton of hits on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well, supposedly you're a sexy beast. You won't see me doing that. See it. But yeah. no, hi- yeah. hypothetical scenario. This is just based, again, on situation recognition, awareness, and training. Okay, if you were to post a bunch of naked pics of yourself all over the internet and you were making money from posting those pictures and then you go to a corporation and you're the high-level IT guy and you're working for somebody and they find out you have that stuff on the internet, how quickly do you think they're going to find somebody else to replace you? I don't know, but I'd probably be fired pretty quick, I would assume. I mean, yeah. if they have any kind of and, and morals clause type thing. No, 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 no. In Texas, it's a right-to-work state. You don't need a reason to let somebody go. Okay? So that just makes it easier to hire people and fire people. Okay? You don't need a, you don't need a reason. I could just say, hey, we don't need you. Or it's not working out. Or uh, contract's over. I don't have to give you a reason why I let you go. Okay? But... If you had that information on the internet and you were making money off of that and you were trying to better a business, it's like, for example, um, former adult stars, porn stars, leaving the industry and trying to establish legitimate work 
and reintegrating back into oh, they're not normal treated, society. Like, I don't know how it is now. They're not treated like people. No, they're not. Okay, they're not because of the things that they've done. They're patronized because of it, which is totally understandable. I mean, the industry is still taboo, but it's hard. Or, or take military as example. If you're former military and you were serving three or four terms overseas and all over, you know, the world, and then you come back and have to reintegrate yourself into society and get a nine to five job, you can't just turn that off. Mm-mm. And also, society itself looks at that and doesn't just turn that off. There are very few people out there that'll give you a second chance, especially with the digital age that we're in. Mm-hmm. So going back to my point, if you posting nudie pics of yourself and a corporation finds out they might let you go simply on grounds of you were posting nudie pics or maybe you might be a potential lawsuit if you are doing nudie pics at work or if you're uh, grooming people at work to, hey, you want to come on this video with me or hey, you want to do these pictures or hey, this, hey, that. And now you've got harassment. Now you've got lewd conduct. Now you've got... Uh, you know, stealing corporate time. You got a lot of stuff that could potentially go wrong. And that's the awareness portion and the recognition portion from a company's perspective. And I'm just going on, you know, sheer negative right now. I'm going on just well, yeah. way down here. But even still, most and, of then, and, then, and these are things that I think about. These are things that I think about. So if I'm thinking about it, I guarantee you a CEO is thinking about it or a CFO or a CIO, I'm, I'm guarantee you these individuals are thinking about that. I mean, look at, look at, the, um, look at the Enron scandal. Look at what really happened with the Enron scandal. When that was a long time ago. It, it was, but when you got two people from opposing corporations or subsidiaries that are basically laundering money and hiding it from the books and they're sleeping with each other, you know, that's all public knowledge now. But you get all that stuff going on, what do you think is going to happen to a corporation of that size? It's going to tank. You know, so if you have an OnlyFans account, I don't want you anywhere around me. Because you could bring a negative in my life that, or in the lives of people that are around me, that could potentially go south and quickly. If you're reformed... That's one thing, but unfortunately, that reformation. Sometimes that doesn't work. That reformation. Be a teacher or something like that. They find that something. Well, that reformation is like it's like a lifetime addiction drug. It's like cocaine. Just because you get off of cocaine doesn't mean you don't crave it. Just because you get off heroin doesn't mean that you don't crave it. Doesn't mean you won't revert back to it. It means you've been off it a while, sure. But or, or like cigarettes and nicotine. Or the nicotine. Nicotine is the most addictive drug in the world. I know. I think the toilet is. No. Just because you get off the toilet doesn't mean you want to go back on there, right? No, no, no. The toilet is not the most addictive drug. The no, caffeine is, is really good. The, the toilet is probably the most safest space in the world. Because yes. it's quiet and people leave you alone. I was just because just you get mom. off of it, you ain't going back on Unless your mom, you have a little hand stick on it. Or, Mama! That joke doesn't work as well as the others, but you know. But no, regardless, it's like a lifetime addiction drug. Just because you get off of it doesn't mean you cannot fall back onto it. And, you know, that's hard for, it's hard for a lot of people. And I do feel bad for a lot of people who get out of industries like that and they, or, or they get off drugs like that. And I want to help them. I have a good heart. But I also recognize what could potentially happen if you do bring that person on. And I look at it from a company standpoint. I look at it from a personal standpoint. And if the company and my personal 
uh, standpoints are on an agreement, you give somebody a shot, but you're always looking at them through a with a fine tooth comb. You're looking at them under a microscope. You're looking to see if they of the other shoe is going to drop, and that's not really something that's healthy. Well, that's so, not something a lot of the companies have time for. They don't. So they recognize the potential situation that's going on. They recognize where you came from. They're aware of what could potentially be going on, and they're response and their reactions, their reactions are like, oh, hey, this isn't good. And then their response is, okay, I'm just not going to hire this person. And they avoid major conflict. Or their response is, you know what, we're going to give them a shot and see what they can do and risk potential lawsuits and risk potential bad things that can happen. You know, it's all risk. It's risk and reward. But yeah, that's again, situation, recognition, awareness, training. Just know it, you're going to limit your options. It, it goes... Right. And our SRAT program, I mean, it goes mostly based on the physical, mostly based on, you know, real life situation type stuff. But everything that we're talking about, it can go into everyday life. Mm -hmm. And if you can train this concept in everyday life, you're going to go much farther than you would without even understanding the basics of something like this. It's just like paying attention to your surroundings. You know, where do you put your dishes? Where do you put your car keys? Do you always put them in the same place? What happens if you put your car keys, for example, if you hang them on a hanger, and instead of hanging them on the hanger, you put them on the table just underneath the hanger? How quickly do you lose those car keys? Pretty quick. Pretty quick, because yeah. you're not putting them in the same space you always put them in. Mm -hmm. So then you're frantically looking around, you're panicking, going, where are my car keys? I have to get to work, I'm running late, and they're right there in front of you, but you never think to look there. And you do look there, but you don't recognize those are the car keys, and you look right past them because you've never put them there. Mm -hmm. Those aren't mine. <laughs> and then you're late for work. Could be. <laughs> the same kind of concept. When you mention the dishes, though, I don't know. My, Justina, she puts all the dishes somewhere, and I don't even know where they are anymore sometimes. But, no, we got it down to a system pretty much. That's a scary place to be, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, and at first it was, and then it's like, okay, where does this bowl go? Come on, I need to move some stuff around. <laughs> oh, I, I still I, get in trouble. I have, I have. That's why. Where are you going to feed yourself if she goes out of town? He's got, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got McDonald's. He's got McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. He's got McDonald's, and he's also got the Lunchable kits. I don't know if I'll eat McDonald's, but yeah. <laughs> he's got a little Oreo cookie with a little ham Lunchable kit with a little, little slice of cheese. <laughs> I prefer the pizzas. Oh, he does the pizzas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the little sauce on, a little shredded cheese. For the record, this is all this crap I don't eat anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely not a lot of stuff that I, I don't really touch too much. Very, very rarely will I eat fast food. And if it's but fast, I will eat food and, fast. And it's, usually, it's usually one of two things. It's usually Taco Bell or Whataburger. That's it. Taco Bell. Taco Bell or Whataburger? I can't eat Taco Bell. I, 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 that's called, for me, that's called desperation. That's but normally, a like I said, with my, yeah. with my meal prepping the way I've been doing it, with the intermittent fasting, I eat once a day. Like I already ate today. I had some summer sausage and, and hard-boiled eggs. It was delicious. And I'm going to go cook for the next two days. I'm going to make some barbecue shrimp. So it's going to be good. I'll eat that for like two days. I'm having gumbo tonight. Nice. But... Gumbo sounds good. Do you recognize what's going on? No, the door's closed. <laughs> I just recognize what might be going on. <laughs> what do you recognize that's going on? You recognize your wife might be cooking? You're, you're situationally aware that it smells really good? I'm situationally aware that we're, it's about, what, almost 9 o'clock? No, it's what not time? 9 o'clock, Stephen. No, no, somewhere it is. It's almost 7 o'clock. So I'm situationally aware that, that my wife might be wondering what's going on. Zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she might be like, hey, hey, where's he at? And she knows where I'm at. 
But but it's still, where's he at? Why isn't he over here in the kitchen helping me? <laughs> yeah, he's going to sleep on the couch tonight. Maybe. <laughs> Unless she passes out there first. True. <laughs> Very true. It's not a comfortable couch to have two people on when you're trying to lay down and sleep on it. It's too small. And then your arm falls asleep, and then your neck starts to hurt, and then you realize you're getting too old to do that. You know what you just described, right? You recognize and are aware of what happens if you sleep on your couch. And then you're training yourself to not get in trouble so you don't have to fall asleep on your couch. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I could Everyday fall. life, you got to love the training. Forced to fall asleep smart. on your couch. That's smart. <laughs> Anything all y'all want to add? Anything else y'all want to add to what we're talking about? Whether it's to everyday life or to the actual physical altercations that occur? Because, I mean, we started off on martial arts and physical altercations and we got into everyday life and things that go on subliminally that really a lot of people don't pay attention to. Yeah, and then the job interviews. <laughs> no. Again, yeah. that's subliminal. I mean, the whole situation, recognition, awareness, and training is a concept. Okay? You can train a concept and principles of concepts any way possible, in every way possible that you can think of. It doesn't have to be physical altercation. It can be as simple as getting up to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, or as complex as somebody has a gun to your face. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to the bathroom. And your kid's standing next to you. I'd rather go to the bathroom without the gun in my face. <laughs> but you get what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps it up then. So. Cool. And that was some kung fu for you. <laughs> yeah.